Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 495 of Longbox Heroes. Joe and Todd here. Todd, I'm ready to talk about some comic books. I am also ready to talk about some comic books. And other related and sundry things going on in the world of comics. Mm-hmm. There's a few things. A few things. Uh, so, of course, you know, it would not be an episode of Longbox Heroes without without us talking about in the news section books that have been delayed. <laughs> you know, but there might be other things that are delayed, like, right. you know, the entire industry. Um, we got convention stuff to update you on, you know. That'll be there. Uh, digital books and sales and free books. A strange amount of free books that have popped up in the last week or so since we, we recorded, Todd. Mm, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what we read from this past week, which would be uh, Batman number 91 and Fantastic Four number... 20. Number 20. And uh, what we're looking forward to coming out this week. And uh, the la- the most recent episodes, I don't want to say the last episodes, the most recent episodes <laughs> of The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. So let's get into it here, Todd. Of course, updates on what we always discuss here. More DC books are late, Todd. The something called Dollhouse Family has slipped a week. I don't know, that might change. <laughs> the Brian Azzarello <laughs> Birds of Prey number one that was supposed to be the first issue of the ongoing series and then it became a two issue mini series uh, back in October it was now slated for the end of uh, April mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be a thing uh, second issue of Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor and uh, that second issue might be sometime in the first week of May who knows uh, some Bendis stuff has being added to the list. You know, we finally got issue five of Legion of Superhero this week. Uh, issue six is now late. And uh, a Powers original graphic novel is late as well. Right. Uh, scheduled for the end of June when it was originally supposed to be out uh, this week. Or actually, it was originally supposed to be out in October. Right. Um, check has not cleared, so <laughs> I'd be remiss not to mention. I don't even need to go to the Diamond Order list for this. Uh, is that the fourth issue of J.J. Abrams' son's Spider-Man book uh, has now slipped yet again. Um, We're sitting here saying, oh, the final order cutoff, final order cutoff. It's now scheduled for the last week of April. Fifth issue is scheduled for the last week of uh, May. And uh, through no fault of my own, my prophecy will come true that this book will never finish. Wow. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It may. Yeah. It may. I have hope. Yeah. There might be other extraneous circumstances preventing all of these things, Todd. That is true, I think, you know. But in the face of all of this, Todd, brazen, if you will, Marvel has announced a Infinite Destinies crossover. Now, you know me. I love a good crossover through annuals, which is what they're doing. Um, But the chutzpah, if you will to run this crossover over the course of the next four months, starting in June. Wow. 
big event. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta let it, you gotta let it breathe, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those deals where I'll have to see the creative teams that are involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing names like Jed McKay, who's writing the Black Cat book. Uh, writer Jerry Duggan, not to be confused with Hacksaw Jim, <laughs> writing the book. Um, you know, that's at least for the June books. Kelly Thompson and Saladin Ahmed, who's writing the Miles Morales book currently, are slated for the June titles. And then August and September, Brazen. Uh, it is crossing over to some stuff that I read, your Thors and your Guardians of the Galaxies and your Spider-Mans. But uh, I don't know. I could see this one being skippable. I I feel the same way. I'm completely, like, even less than lukewarm on this. Unless, Joe, unless this is the, this is the crossover that we finally get those infinity gems that we were promised all the way back in secret wars, Mm. then I'm all in push me all in for this. But if they don't mention that I could probably, I could probably put this with my empire collection, you know, (laughs) like from Marvel, I have no interest. Weren't we also supposed to get like little standees and other little things? We talked about this before in the show to go along with secret war. We did get this. The standees, you looked it up and saw them on eBay. Oh, that's right. But they were like maybe like retailer exclusives, maybe, or like convention exclusives. Yes, something like that. But the stone, the stones, what they were calling them, even though I will never call them, I won't. They're gems. They never came out. Mm -hmm. So, um, another thing that's delayed, uh, you know is uh, Free Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day is typically the first Saturday in uh, May. Uh, typically time to go- coincide with, um, you know, a big movie coming out, the beginning of the summer movie schedule. But with discussion of Black Widow being delayed, no definitive date in the future, I could see Free Comic Book Day uh, being rescheduled. It's currently rescheduled for the summer. No, uh, no definitive date there, of course. You know, summer technically is May, but, you know, maybe it'll be real summer, like June, July, or August. Right, and that's a big move for a lot of retailers. Our retailer makes a lot, like, that's a big business day. That's, like, one of his, that's his biggest, I would say his biggest sales day a year is free comic book day. Yep. Even though they're giving away free comic books, it does bring people in with their wallets open. That's part of the opportunity, Todd. It is part of the opportunity. Well, uh, what's uh, not in the opportunity is this week, uh, Diamond officially announced that uh, as of this week, well, after this week, um, they will not be taking any in any new comics from any of the publishers. Right. Um, no date or time frame announced on that. Um, nothing new. I guess until everything in the the world kind of writes itself. Yeah, I don't know when it, you know when it when it'll turn around. Yep. And obviously because of this, you know, uh, it's a twofold thing is that many publishers are looking at the month of July, which is, you know, what is solicited in the month of April is the books that technically will be coming out in July. They're looking as though July could just be a skip month, essentially. Right. And many of the publishers, even before Diamond made their official announcement earlier this week, 
many publishers from DC to Image right on down the line uh, essentially, you know, whatever verbiage they wanted to use, um, reducing the production, suspended publication, delayed publication, uh, turned off their printers, told their employees to put your pencils down, quote unquote. Mm Mm-hmm. So it looks like there's not going to be anybody working on anything, at least until this resolves itself. Right. So it's going to make for some very interesting times, is it not? Yes, it is. For us comic book fans who, in and out, I mean, all joking aside, uh, for me, I have only missed one new comic book day in the history of my life of collecting comics from a comic shop. Mm -hmm. And that was a heart attack. Now, like this is going to be the first time next week. We probably, you know, won't have new books because, uh, physical books because their diamond is, is not, won't have anything. I'm going to be out of sorts. This is going to be the first time I will not have a comic book in my hand on brand new crispy and over the course of the last couple weeks this week and last week we haven't been getting our books on wednesday because diamond has been allowing them to sell them on tuesday so i'm a i'm a complete and total comic book collecting mess right now yes so i guess the one thing that i wanted to mention and you know i i sent todd the show notes of everything that we discuss and it's a busy news week but it's a lot of news, but not a ton of news, if that makes any sense. It's, you know, what we expected to happen just officially being announced. Mm-hmm. And the one thing in all of these collecting that I've done of all of these news stories through, you know, a couple different websites and, you know, the limited social media that I do. Um, the one thing that's missing from the Well, okay, before we get into the one thing that's missing from this... The closure, the stopping of the printers, whatever, is what are we going to do about next week, Todd and I? Because we don't have an official word as of this recording is, while the books may not be shipping physically from Diamond to your local comic book store or even like an online retailer, are these books still going digitally to Comixology? Right. I mean, and I not to like joke around too much, like we don't have to worry about next week's show because we have books in our hands this week. It'll be the week after. But yep. still, I we like we don't know what next week holds. And are they are they going to put out the couple of digital books? Because like you said, the creators now aren't creating anything new, but the stuff that would have been coming in and the stuff that would have been going to the printers that shut down, are they going to digitally you know, sell that so they can make some money back. Like you said, there's a lot of news, but no answers. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. So, So, Oh no, I'm sorry. No, I just said, I have no idea. Yeah. So the other thing, of course, as I mentioned, going through all of these different publishers and everyone saying that they're ceasing publications or, you know, slowing things down. The one company that I did not see in all my searching of this was Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yes. And I, when I was at the shop getting our books, I heard a small rumor. Uh, but they were saying that Marvel has been calling shops. And they Marvel has, has for the next stuff on, like, 
comic shops getting books has been giving them drastic discount, offering drastic discounts. Oh, and I'm going to interrupt you here. Okay. A lot of the publishers have already said, pretty much every publisher has said, all your April and May books are fully returnable. Which is great. Right. All of them said that, except for Marvel. Now, Mm -hmm. Marvel is offering those high discounts, but I just wanted to get that out there, that pretty much like every publisher has said, April and May are fully returnable. Like, obviously, if you can't sell them whenever this comes back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and that still hurts people in that they still have to pay for those books that they can't sell, whatever. But, uh, until they get that money back. But Marvel was like, oh, we'll give you big discounts. And they also called up the co- our local comic shop and said, hey, like, are, you know, how you doing? Like, doing the niceties. And then it was like, so are you still able to get product? Like, would you still be able to get product? Yeah, like, the, uh, our retailer was like, yeah, I could do mail order. Or, you know, I could t- bring stuff in. The mail's still shipping in different ways. And they're like, hmm, that's interesting. And kind of a thing. And, like, there was nothing really to it that they said. But my my thinking on it is that Marvel is going to try what they – remember years ago when they tried to open their own distribution? And, yep. like, the and like the retailers went nuts because they were kind of worried that that was going to turn into the retailer and then the comic shop on their own and all that stuff. I think that's the way they're going. And I think it's both good and bad because Diamond needs some competition. But – I. And it could I don't be think good. Marvel's the competition. Right. But Marvel could sell directly to retailers and maybe they could get a bigger discount. I don't know. There's lots of interest, interesting, intriguing moving parts for me on this. But I could see out of this Marvel and DC, um, if Marvel does it, DC following suit, leaving Diamond to, to distribute their own stuff. And then the smaller publishers would obviously still need Diamond. Yep. Because I don't think they have the clout or the money to do what the two, the big two can do and image the same way. Right. So you mentioned this, of course, being interesting times. So, um, you know, we, it was like 95, 96 where Marvel like pulled themselves out of the previews catalog and were doing the distributions themselves. As Todd mentioned that there was all these talk that Marvel was going to have like freestanding comic book stores and malls mm-hmm. that you can get Marvel comics there. And, you know, your brick and mortar, your existing retailers were like, well, can we still sell Marvel comics? And they're like, that's a great question. Hmm. Um, and that's pretty much what they said. So. This is the time to strike for Marvel because if Diamond is out of um, out of source for any lengthy period of time and Marvel starts this implemented next week or the week after and then Diamond comes back three weeks later, four weeks later, a month later, whatever it is, and then Diamond will be like, hey, Marvel, ready to come back? And they're like, no, we already got it taken care of. We'll do us. You take care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then Diamond loses out on that. And, you know, obviously this is not some sort of calculated maneuver that Marvel has been waiting for this moment, but this is the moment if now is a better time to kind of test Diamond than there ever has been. And if Marvel is willing to do that now, of course, the other risk that you take is, you know, retailers that are loyal to Diamond, retailers who are not willing to adapt or change retailers who are unable to do this uh, currently like our retailer and many other retailers are doing. And then even further still on top of that, you take this risk and let's say, you know, we are in a currently constantly changing climate and world 
What if Marvel goes ahead and says, yeah, we're doing this. We're going to ship product. And then they say all shipping lines of non-essential things are down. And at the top of non-essential things is comic books. That's what I was thinking, too, because I was actually just discussing that with, you know, the person who told me about the rumor. And I was like, well, that's great. But you know what? They're going to they're going to ship surgical masks and food before they'll ship comics. You know, and I don't want to get too deep into the darkness, but that's the way that's the way it is. I would actually and there there's so much stuff with like behind the scenes with Diamond that like when I talk to our retailer and and stuff like that because they get a huge discount, not a huge discount, but your discount gets bigger the more you buy. So it would be interesting to see what Marvel would have to do to make it lucrative to leave well you would it would be lucrative now to leave Diamond because they're not working but then when they come back it's like all right well what are we buying from marvel what's the discount that we're getting compared to like what our discount's going to be from diamond because we lose you know 40 percent of our order i'm like i i am not the numbers guy that you are but i'm fascinated with all of this uh, just to to see where it's going to go and then see like if they get it to work obviously like i said a little bit before dc is going to be like oh if they can do it i can do it and how this is going to affect comics in the long run. Like we are at a, like a crossroads and I'm just, my, my brain is burning with all the thoughts. Right. So we talk about this, the world is at a crossroads, but we doing this show, Todd and I are in the, the tiny minuscule microcosm of everything that's going on in the world of how does this affect comics? Mm-hmm. And my loyalty regarding all of this is to my local store and who can get those books to my local store. Yep. That's my loyalty. And then it further, like, that's the order of loyalty for what comic books and my comic book reading habits. Um, yep. You know, and that's why I've been doing what I can to in these times support my local comic book shop any way that I can and, you know, help get the word out there in any way that I can to other people that may not be aware of this. Mm -hmm. And it's trying times for a lot of people and a lot of small businesses. And, you know, the, the small business people that I know that are locally, like my friend Jonah runs a couple restaurants out in Ohio and he's going through rough times. If I could help him, I would, but he's six to seven hours away from me. My comic book shop is 20 miles, you know, 20 miles away. Um, you know, a friend of ours has a, a place that, you know, a food place like two miles down the road. So anything that we could do to help out the people that I know and like you want to help every local business that you can. But a lot of the local businesses just aren't open right now. Yep. I mean, I'm the same way. I, I, I support our comic shop. I said if I ordered two big items in the last previews, which were a absolute and an omnibus, which, of course, they will guaranteed put the pages in the right order but i pre-ordered them and i said if they say that that's going through or whatever you know that's not going to be a problem for me to prepay that's you know i don't want to brag but that's over 200 dollars worth of order right there i said i'll prepay it i'll prepay it because you know i know i'll get it you know or if i don't get it i'll get my money back because i know you but i i think of that i'm the same way my local bagel shop you know they're open for business every morning i go i get my bagel i went and i bought a dozen right off the bat i was like i'm gonna put them in my freezer I'll, I'll eat them and you know but here's your money now you know what i mean yeah. and i'm the same way i'm trying to help as many as i can and I put too much sweat and equity into our comic shop joe hanging out there that it's gonna <laughs> stay as far as i'm concerned yep 
Now, there is one other thing that I haven't thought about until now. What? It's going to be interesting of how this comes up, and I don't know if there's many people out there that do it, but there's got to be. It's something that we've discussed in the show, but it's been a long time since it's, since it's come up. What about the people who have the subscriptions directly through the publishers? I know Marvel does it. I know DC does it. I remember Image did it for a while, but then they stopped doing it. But, like, there's people, like, I still am on, like, the Marvel and DC mailing lists where once a week I'll get the thing. It's like 80% off your newest titles, like, so on and so forth, like, to get the print subscription sent to your home directly from them. Well, maybe they get their refund like Wizard Magazine did all those years ago. Right. Or do they just add an extra issue or two or three or four onto your subscription? I haven't seen any of that stuff pop up yet. I mean, but that, I can't even imagine how minuscule, like, getting directly from Marvel and stuff like that is, you know? So I, I don't know if we'll even hear about that unless we have a listener who's actively on one of those. I, I mean, you're not going to be able, obviously, to sign up for one now to see. But if someone out there has one, I'd be, I'd be you know, willing to hear what, what, what it's all about. But I don't think you're ever going to find out unless you, like, troll message boards to, to read. Do they still have message boards? I don't know. To, do. to the, the internet to see if, if they, you know, people who have these subscriptions. I am going to send out a tweet now from the show account. Okay. Any one out there get print subscriptions directly from Marvel or DC? Come on. Too many Marvel things. Like nine, I, I put in Marvel and like 15 different things came up. Right, like Marvel, Marvel UK. Studios, Marvel this, Marvel that. Why is the humans coming up? You know, I don't want to know about no humans <laughs> because they're finally getting that movie back on track. No, it's just the Twitter account hasn't been deactivated. Nah, or DC. And see, DC's easy. I put DCC pops right up. They don't have 19 different accounts to cause confusion in the marketplace. That's because they kept all their rights to things, Joe. <laughs> they're not right. out like in the, the sea of stuff notified about what will happen to your subscription. My favorite podcasting is you reading what you're writing on Twitter. Yeah. I could listen to a whole show of that. Just that cadence, it's it's beautiful. Okay. So I'm going to send that tweet out from the show account. I'm going to retweet it cuz I'm a I'm a good show boy guy. And I'm a, I'm I'm going to retweet it as well. Retweeted. Isn't Technology amazing, Joe. It is. Okay. So I think that's all we got for news. Yeah, I believe it is. That covers everything that we possibly can cover. <laughs> we can cover no more. Nope. Legally, we're not allowed to cover anything else. Um, mm -hmm. Conventions. 
There are no conventions. Um, There were supposed to be conventions in Australia, Colorado, Northampton, Massachusetts. This weekend, those have all been canceled and or postponed. I'm going to include in the show notes a link to our little resource that we use. Maybe you can keep an eye on that, like I'm going to do, to see if and when any of the conventions you're interested in are going to pop back up. But also in the show notes, uh, you can find the Soon To Be Named Network at soontobenamednetwork.com, soontobenamednetwork.tumblr.com, where anytime any of the shows in the network or any people who do shows or did shows or done shows in the network uh, appear and they let me know, and that's out to you, Cannon. Uh, he had told me he's recording something tonight, but he didn't tell me with what. And I said, don't forget to send me that link so I could put it out on the site. But you never have to worry about Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Wednesday Night War, Final Wrestling Place. There was no ad odds with wrestling last week. I don't know. Listen to ad odds this week <laughs> to hear that. That was a whole thing that I really messed things up on. And Wings on Wings. The newest member of our podcasting family, the one that I forget about because DJ puts it out like, I have no excuse this week, because typically he would say, like, the last couple of weeks I'd been going into work early, so I miss it, send out, it goes up on the site, it just goes up a little bit later. But any of the shows, I, I highly, if, if it is on the soon-to-be-named network, it has my uh, seal of approval. Mm. Mine too, I guess. Yes. Uh, digital books and sales. There's a bunch of sales going on. A um, couple holdovers from the last couple of weeks. Uh, Valiant is having a sale on Bloodshot related things. Uh, Image is having a sale on Jonathan Hickman related things. Uh, DC has a teamwork sale, uh, which I guess is like books about teams or something. I don't know. I didn't really look at that one. <laughs> I just know that Batman Year One and Dark Knight Returns is not in it. So why are they even bothering? Oh, yep. <laughs> so they don't put those things in there, but they really hammer home the rise and fall of Green Arrow. Well, he rose, then he fell. I need yeah. to read that. And he kept falling. <laughs> Marvel has a bunch of sales going on. They have Women of Marvel, because uh, Women's Month is still going on. Uh, Hellions sale, I guess there's some sort of thing going on with the Hellions over at Marvel. That sounds vaguely X-Men-ish, so I don't know what that means. And uh, they're also having a Civil War, the complete event sale uh, going on. So what I will say in regards to that is uh, Civil War itself, eh, not so great. But I'm almost certain that Civil War, the initiative is included in that. So Mm -hmm. I recommend checking that out because that was really good. I also want to say that the Captain America stuff that was going on during Civil War, like the actual Captain America book, had very big ramifications to what was going on in the world of Marvel at the time. That's right. That was Ed Brubaker cooking cooking on all burners, you know? Yes, sir. So make sure to go check that information out as well. Uh, But there is a ton of free books. Um... That have been held over. Um, You know, I I mentioned before that Image just has a link to all these free books that they have available. A whole bunch of free number ones. Um, Comixology has done a much better, much more concerted effort of putting all of their free stuff in a easier to find, easier to push thing. 
um, that you could find, uh, you know, picks from the staff, recommended freebies. There's tons and tons of stuff in there. And uh, one of our favorite publishers, Amigo, has put a ton of their stuff available and all the links to all of these things. Uh, the Comixology, which covers pretty much everything, the image stuff, the Amigo stuff, all of that is going to be included in the show notes. And I'll tell you, if you go to that Amigos thing, get Rogues, Curse of the Chicken, you will have a blast. One of my f- most underrated miniseries ever. Check it out. DC does not have as... Cons- um, they have a thing of free books, but they don't have a ton of free books. Okay. But it's there. I don't know. You do with <laughs> that what you will. Uh, but like I said, that's all going to be in the show notes. Um, so let's get into what we read from this past week. Todd, I know you had read Fantastic Four number 20. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It is a it is one of those great um, like down issues after a big story. After the Fantastic Four had gone to the planet that they were going to on their original mission when they got their powers. They got there. Things happened. They came back. Um, and they brought a, an extra person with them, Johnny Storm's so-called soulmate called Sky, um, who has the wings and the ability to fly. She comes back and it's just one of those, like what's been going on since we we've been gone. And Johnny got a phone call from Wyatt Wingfoot, an old, uh, fantastic four character. He's like, I'm on the, the Indian reservation and there's problems. Can you come out? And Johnny goes with his new girlfriend because they want to, you know, they want to spend time together and they get there and there's problems with the mole man and moloids who have become part of the tribe and the mole man wants them back. And it's just a fun issue. It's good to see Johnny like, you know, with Wyatt Wingfoot and the mole man, it's kind of a one and done with some other like side stuff with thing and Alicia and Reed um, and there's some ramifications from the mission that maybe Reed doesn't have to carry guilt over what happened to uh, Ben anymore. And it's it's a it's a really fun story. And I like I always like those, you know, one offs after you've had like a big, long storyline or big uh, ramifications or whatever. And, you know, like an X-Men baseball game or, or, or something like that. That's what this feels like. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, FF will start to turn around a little bit because I really enjoyed the first uh, story arc. Obviously, that had Doctor Doom. The last one the, that preceded this, I wasn't super high on. But this gives me hope uh, for more FF. And I'm not going to drop it anyway because it's Fantastic Four. I've uh, fallen a little bit behind on Fantastic Four, sadly. Uh, I did have some time last week, and I'm hoping... Once I get my new work situation straightened out, you can listen to that on After Dark this week of what's going on there. That'll have a little bit more time to read some stuff. Um, but in choosing what to get caught up on, I chose my favorite. We're not going to talk about all of it here. Uh, and that is Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Todd sadly has dropped it. It broke my mighty heart, but he doesn't have the same affinity for Spider-Man, especially Amazing Spider-Man that I do. Uh, Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom, Flash, your Jonah Hexes, people like that. Completely understandable. But, uh, boy, that 2099 storyline was some bad times. 
That's what made me jump ship. But seeing Boomerang on covers almost brought me back. Yep. So maybe you, you know, if, uh, if you convert th- me sometime, we'll see. There's Boomerang stuff. There's Jonah, uh, J. Jonah Jameson stuff that's really good. Um, now that we're done with that 2099 stuff, um, mm-hmm. I would even go as far as to say you could probably just skip that stuff when like you're piling on top. And again, we, we try to talk positively about stuff. And I'm a fan of Nick Spencer. I'm a fan of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, you know, it never reached the super fast aging ninja kids level. You're, you're still harping on that to this day. Love if, it. The, if that's a 10, this storyline, like on a, like on how bad it was, was like a three and a half or four. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're piling in everything of the Spider-Man stuff, like the 2099 stuff. I don't care about the doom stuff. Like they, they, they put doom in there, but it just didn't work. Yep. Um, you have Silver Sable in there. You have the Chameleon in there. You have Spider-Man's secret sister that he just recently learned about within the last two or three years of comic book time, who's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, all these bits that are just not Spider-Man, right? hmm It just doesn't work. None of it worked. And now it's back to Spidey stopping villains. He's dealing with stuff at home. J. Jonah Jameson. These are the Spider-Man stories that we should all be reading. That's right. He, but, is is he a billionaire who's no. his own bodyguard? That's no. what I want to see. There's another book that did that. <laughs> Not this one. Right. Um, so the other book that we both certainly read was Batman <laughs> number 91. Um, the continuation of Hush Done Right. <laughs> Boy. Uh, with the designer and uh, Heart Punch, what's her name? Punchline. I would definitely read Heart Punch, though. Right. Um. So this felt more like a fill-in issue, if you will. It's good. Storyline's been great. I'm interested to see what they're going to do after kind of, this is like the cool-down story after all the heady and weighty stuff that Tom King was doing before it. But this one definitely felt like a cool, like in a cool down storyline, this felt like a cool down issue. Um, written by um, uh, James Tinney the fourth art by a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. See, I, I'm, I slightly different. I really like this issue. I've been loving this run. I, I, I think a little bit more than you, but I will say the open, the recap by the Joker in the front is one of my favorite things. Cause I really love the way Tinian is doing the Joker for just the bits we've been getting for a couple issues. He just very evil. And the art on that is fantastic. And then it's Batman versus Deathstroke trying to get answers to what the designers, you know, thing is. And I will just be, I'll just say anytime Deathstroke and Batman throw down, I'm all in. And then, I remember you saying last week that uh, seeing Harley Quinn in this outfit in the the Batman kind of throws you off in the comic, and I'm with you. But the the play between Catwoman and Harley Quinn in this was really fun all around. I think it's a bridging issue, but not a cooling off issue. I still like everything. Right. Okay. So that's a better way to express what I'm thinking in my head. The Joker stuff up front was good. But it was like a recap of what we saw the previous issue, kind of from the Joker's point of view as opposed to Catwoman's point of view. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if 
we get more like maybe next issue we get like penguin's point of view of that whole thing with a designer and then the riddler's point of view from the whole thing with a designer right then we finally get the designer's story of what happened right um not a cool down issue a bridging issue not a lot of the stuff in the plot was moved along but it didn't feel any less important to the main story Right. And I think after having that long run of King, which was more cerebral, I think just having Deathstroke and Batman punch for a bunch of pages is good for the book. You know what I mean? So um, I'm all in. Uh, I know, like you said, you you, I think I like a little more, but uh, Batman has been really good and I've been enjoying it. Can't wait for more. Yep. Uh, So that's what we read from this past week. Uh, Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Um. If you head over to longboxheroes.com sometime on Tuesday, <laughs> who knows what books are going to be coming out. It's not going to be a diamond list for me to check. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. Uh, there won't be any pictures of any books to take. True. Um, this might be the last pull post for a while. Uh, we never even got around to what we were betting on on this one, Joe. Right. <laughs> we can't go anywhere and like that's have a right. meal. That's right. We have to get takeout and go our separate homes. Yes. And I was suckering you in by giving you a false sense of security by letting you have more wins, and then I was gonna make the bet big and take it home at the end, Joe. Mm-hmm. So you know, after this week, we'll see what happens for next week. If books are available on Comicsology, maybe it's just Marvel books next week. Whatever it is, we're going to cross next week's bridge when we come to next week. But as Todd mentioned, we're attempting to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. I'm in the lead with two correct guesses over Todd. You have a much bigger list of books than I do. Mm -hmm. Let me look. Who is writing Killing Red Sonia? Um, political pianist satirist Mark Russell. I'll say that's what you're most looking forward to coming out this week. It is actually what I'm looking forward to. I've been enjoying the Red Sonia, and that's a different take on it. And it's in the story of everything that he's doing. It's not like it's before, it's after. It's like a side story. So I'm I'm kind of interested in where that's going to go. Yeah. Oh, I only ask because um, Dynamite is big on putting out like multiple multiple miniseries of stuff. Right, by multiple creators of the same character at the same time. Yeah, and sometimes they're, like, not really connected in any way, shape, or form, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm looking over your books. Is the book you're looking forward to most Immortal Hulk number 33? Yes. Uh, I was shocked to see that this was, like, a $6 book or something. I was the same way, man. I was like, what? But isn't this, like, official, like, issue 750? Yes, it's that legacy numbering that sneaks up on you, Joe. Mm-hmm. Like Especially a when you don't actually legacy number the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, yeah, it's like, it, 32 was last month. Now it's 33 or 750. Okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, I will say this, though, in honor of this being my book of the week, or the book I'm most looking forward to coming out this week, Marvel Puzzle Quest, 
officially announced that Immortal Hulk is being entered into the game as a playable character. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. No Devil and, Hulks? No Devil Hulks. But it's it's one of those things where uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest, and they'll probably cover this a lot more over on Puzzle Warriors 3 this week, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> where the powers and the stuff and the look and the design of him are so deeply entrenched in the book. Like, one of his powers is the green door. Oh. Right, and if you're not reading the book, that don't mean nothing to you. That's right, the Hulk is behind that. Right. (laughs) And uh, he does have... um, He is now the second character in the game, the other one being Phoenix, duh, that has a mechanic that they cannot be killed. Because he's the immortal Hulk. Correct. Well, there you go. Look at that. And so, also... Uh, he'll be very difficult to get because he's a five-star character, and that's the way that uh, D3 and uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest does these things. But yay! Immortal Hulk in the only video game that I play. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, as we're doing our pool list, I'd like to give a shout-out to listener Ryan Fisher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, for he... I, I went to the shop to pick up our books this week um because they were available early with everything that's going on and i get home and i look in my bag when i bring it in the house and there's a little post-it note on my in my comments i'm like what, what what's their post-it note all right is it my name because they had the they pulled the books for me because i couldn't go in the shop and it was just a gift from you uh gift for you from ryan fisher and it turned out to be the robin and uh, 80th anniversary special um, that he was telling us on Twitter and everything that he loved so much. And he asked uh, if we were going to read it. And I was like, oh, it's a nine ninety nine book. And there's the Joker one coming, or so I thought. And there's going to be the Catwoman one. I'm, I'm picking. And he was like, he loved it so much that he ended up giving me and Joe a copy. And I'd like to sh- give him a shout out and a thank you. That was yep. very nice. I've known Ryan for a long time. He was uh, one of the dudes that I used to play Hero Clicks with. Uh, he went off to state college, living the high life in New York City. Uh, I love interacting with him on social media. I'm glad he's still a listener of the show. And uh, I knew what he was up to because he was asking me a bunch of pointed questions in direct (laughs) messages this past week. So I knew he was up to something. And uh, either you could say I didn't want to spoil the surprise for Todd or this week has been such a uh, hellacious toll on my life. I may have forgot to tell him. Oh, that's okay. I think we're both have been forgetting things lately. But yeah, Ryan's a good dude. Ryan's one of my uh, one of the people I miss uh, most from the days playing Hero Clicks, all those days and days and years ago. Uh, but thank you again very much, Ryan. And uh, what's uh, it's not like he's going to buy you comic books. That's not his deal. Uh, but you go give Ryan a follow on Twitter. RPF five zero two nine. Get on that right now. We'll see if this actually bumps things up, you know? Yeah, that's right. We give them the long box rub. Mm-hmm. So that's what we got there. Oh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, um, you know, uh, check out all the past shows, uh, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark. I say the 2017 smash sensation <laughs> of Todd and Joe have issues, or Joe and Todd have issues, whatever it was called, but, uh, you know, that might be something that gets revisited in 2020. <laughs> Very soon. 
It's it's penciled in. It's not penned in yet mm-hmm. as an idea. Um, we have our store. We have our Patreon. Um, you do what you will with that. Uh, T Public Store, whatever. Okay. Yep. Uh, we appreciate all the Patreons for sticking in there. I'm not really going to give that the hard push. Uh, but I am going to thank everyone who is and has purchased anything still through our Amazon click-through. Um, I know a lot of people can't get out or go out and stock and supply and trade at comic book or at uh, your local stores may be difficult uh, for anything, really. And uh, Amazon is attempting to fill that gap as best as they can. And uh, if you are making those purchases through Amazon, through our click through we greatly appreciate it um you know some of the notable purchases through the click through this past week was someone purchased not only Kawhi whole bean coffee but also stevia in the raw a uh, person after my own heart as a frequent coffee drinker who uses stevia uh oh. somebody also purchased apple airpods and i did not realize how expensive those things are they're, well they're made out of air mm-hmm and pods, I think. <laughs> and somebody purchased <laughs> beginning traditional cursive for grades one to one through three. I already to which know. Which I how say, to curse. who still writes in cursive? I say I already know how to curse. Oh boy. Oh no, no. I mean scripts, cursive writing. Oh, okay. I don't stick to the script. I'm, 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 I shoot from the hip, Joe. There you go. So, like I said, anyone who made any of those, any and all those purchases, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did not. People aren't drawn in these in these times, Joe. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you are. Um, maybe you are a listener. You're a burgeoning artist. Uh, maybe you have some free time on your hand. Uh, tweeted us some sketches. Tag Todd's art attack in there, and we will share your creation with the world. I can't believe that a certain someone who's drawing on comic book packages isn't giving these to Todd's Art Attack. That breaks my heart. Well, listen, there's a legal binding contract that has to happen with these things. Mm-hmm. While a named person is doing some fantastic and fun art uh, with the dad jokes that they are writing on these packages. <laughs> yep. But because she is not completing the social distancing contract of tagging Todd's Art Attack in said art we cannot publicize or promote said art that's right i don't want to be stealing i could go to jail joe right because if we do it for this person we'd have to do it for everyone that's right i don't have the time for that right what i do have time for though is tv talk we're going to talk about the most recent episodes of the flash and legends of tomorrow so if you're not watching those shows or you don't care, we bid you adieu. We'll see you next week. I will say this. Uh, since we do not have TV shows, uh, new episodes of these shows for the next two weeks, the plan is next week we will be discussing the recently released to home or home video. Listen to me. Recently released a home video. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went down to the mom and pop store, got the uh, old clamshell. Check it out for three days and then let Todd borrow it. That's right. And then we have, but I have to rewind it before I give it back, Joe. Right. He's got a red convertible uh, rewinder that he puts it in, so he's not messing with the heads on his VCR. 
That's right. You don't want to wear them down. So the picture. So I have to work on the. What was it that you had to? You had to move the. The tracking. The tracking. I don't want to have it all fuzzy where I'm working the tracking all day. So uh, next week we'll be discussing the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie. And the week after that, we'll be discussing uh, Bloodshot. Mm-hmm. So just giving you the heads up what the next two weeks of uh, TV slash movie talk will be. Uh, those films are out there for you to purchase. And, uh, you know, that's what your Patreon money goes to, to give us some additional content here. There you go. Uh, so where would you like to begin? Oh, The Flash. We'll start with The Flash. Oh, The Flash. Uh, so this is, uh, you know what? I was, uh, very happy. The main story was, uh, Tom Cavanaugh centric. Mm-hmm. Anytime the great Tom Cavanaugh who plays any sort of Wells or Thawne or whatever gets to stretch his acting chops, I'm quite all right with. We almost had the complete cast for this time. The only one missing this time was Ralph. Right. Uh, everybody else was pretty much kept busy, but I'll start with the stuff that I liked the least. Uh, the mirror people stuff. Right. That's getting old quick. It's not that it's getting old quick. We have a twist with, um, what, what's her face? The, the McCullough. Yeah. She's now controlling everyone secretly while real Iris is trapped in the mirror universe. Well, she has her mirror people, including Cisco's girlfriend, going out doing mirror people things. Mm-hmm. I could see this getting very convoluted and very confusing very quickly. I agree. The only thing I think about that is, you notice like the thing where she's in the mirror and she's talking to the two mirror people in the real world. And she's like scratching her arm and they both start scratching like they're like way setting up the things that are going to give them away. If you know what I mean? Like, yes. and I'm like, okay, like you're now you're cause they did it a couple of, they did it last week with something small. And I'm like, now you're just hitting me over the head with it. Let's get to the reveal or whatever's going to happen. You know what I mean? I'm with you on that. So, mm-hmm. but then, uh, then we get a little bit of Nash Wells's backstory. Yes. In all this. And he's Indiana. He's basically Indiana Jones, Joe. He takes short round under his arm, and they go off. And he ends up, you know, uh, tr- well, while they're trying to get Eobard out of his synapses or whatever, we learn that he took this girl under his wing, who's really a Allegra on the Earth that he found her, and that's why he's attracted to her in in the story and everything. And you find out that through a series of events that he ended up teaching her things that ended up leading to her demise, like the to get the prize at whatever. And she ends up falling to her death. So uh, it made me like Nash a little bit more because he's pretty much my least favorite of all the Wellses that we've met. Even um, the Outback uh, Mad Max uh, cyborg one. I like that one better than Nash. What do you think? He's the one that they've given the most, not so much backstory to, but the the most uh, sympathy to. That they've made him a, a more sympathetic and more relatable character. 
Uh, see, I think it's a trade-off because I think like he's uh, he's uh, not even a charismatic jerk in his everyday life. Like you know how we're supposed to dislike each Wells every time, but there's something charismatic about them. So that sympathy doesn't. It all just it's just a mismatch. Like I said, I'm not a fan of Nash. A mishmash, not a fan, and it all rhymes. But you know what I mean. I do. And we, we learn that the way that Thawne is able to control and possibly take Nash over is by feeding off of his pain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a whole thing of him coming to grips uh, with, you know, whether or not he was at fault or not for uh, Maya passing away, sacrificing herself. Right. Um, and he did. And then, of course, we have the Barry stuff, which is now that there is no speed force, the gang is on the road to build their own speed force. Barry now has a fancy watch that tells him <laughs> when he's using too much speed force. And that's doing any speed things. Right. And even his emotions affect it, too. Because they said when uh, Eobard was getting to him, it was making his, I don't know if it was like getting his blood pumping or whatever, but the watch was showing that, you know, stress or whatever makes the speed force drain from him a little faster. So I right. found that interesting. But like I said, the most interesting part is anytime Wells, uh, the actor who plays Wells, plays Eobard, I'm I'm all in. And then they end up mentioning that when they do get him out, I like the way that they're quickly to say he's not dead. He's coming back. I'm like, of course he's coming back. He's reverse flash. He's never staying away. So I'm happy about it. Right. That. So th- I found that f- that scene to be so funny because they're like, yeah, Thawne's gone. No trace of him. Beat. Well, okay, there isn't, like, a, a microscopic trace of him because he's never really gone. It was just, like, one of those things where you get kind of both answers. Like, we all knew that he wasn't definitely gone. Mm-hmm. But they had to kind of say that he might be gone. Yeah. Right. And then there was one storyline where uh, uh, Joe West is working on the mole in the in the cop thing. And I've narrowed it down to two cops, Joe. One, I want I want to say it's almost the captain, but that's I hope it's not because he, you know, I like that character. But then they have this female cop show up that they end up giving her a name, and she's she's the one who when the the mirror thing, the uh the girl the woman in the mirror wants them to go after that thing, it rolls across the floor and she picks it up and she hands it to Joe. And then later on when they're going to take uh the the that piece and take it to wherever in the van, she's the one who comes in the office to do paperwork and they give her a name. And I'm like, you're walking around too much. You either you're the mole or he's the mole. But I'm I'm leaning towards her. So I'm like, anytime you see that that reoccurring character and they kind of give her a name, you're like, all right, something's gonna pop up with you. So hopefully We'll see the, the that resolve quick because I'm not big on the whole who's the mole in the uh, uh, Central City PD thing. But yeah, oh. I was I was certainly thinking that it was um, the captain as well until that person showed up. Right. Yeah. All in all, I'm I'm enjoying Flash, but I'm not enjoying Flash as much as I am a certain show. Joe. Oh, Todd. <laughs> yep. It was like they stopped caring. (laughs) And all of a sudden the show became even better. Exactly. I didn't think they could stop caring more. And then they do, Joe. And it gets better. (laughs) So So, uh, this week was 
Um, Legend of Tomorrow. Uh, Ray is going to leave. Uh, he and Nora are going to go off and have a regular family because he was pressured by uh, Damien DeHark on the last episode. And Ray does not want to tell uh, what's-his-face, names, because they're best friends. So he keeps putting it off, putting it off. All the while, we still have the stuff of them going around getting all the pieces of the loom of fate. The first time they have to go back to Shakespearean times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also... We have the return of what's her face, um, Mona, who was the the wolf the wolf person, the Hawaiian werewolf. Yes, yeah, the Hawaiian werewolf. Um, <laughs> so she's back for the first time in a couple episodes, and uh, yeah, and hijinks ensue because the the boys and um, getting everybody's names straight in my head. Right. Uh, the uh, not Nora, the boys and Astra go off to Shakespearean times, everybody else stays back in the Wave Rider, and they essentially have a bachelorette party. And then all those stories intermingle as, of course, because they do action-y, adventure stuff in Shakespearean times, they do the mind-wipe gimmick the wrong way. <laughs> Shakespeare, <laughs> instead of writing Romeo and Juliet, writes superhero stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so you know, it wasn't Astra, it was Charlie. Astra's Charlie, the villain. Charlie, my like, apologies. No problem. I just want to set that straight. But when they are, they have to get the, the part of the Loom of Fate, which is a ring that Shakespeare had and gave away. When they decide that, when they do the plan to to like in the tavern, they're like, "This is what we're going to do," and they're going to Mission Impossible repel. And then they're like, and then John Cost is going to come out of the shadow as you do. And they cut to the scene of him just he just this intense look on his face, and he's like mumbo jumbo. He's like saying all this babble stuff. I was crying, and they're cutting to these close-up, like, ridiculously close-up to Nate and Ray's face as they're telling the story. And then Ray is crying because he knows it's his last mission. Joe, I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard at how it was ridiculous it was. And then the the bachelorette party on the, sh- on the ship, and we got a Scoots Magoots race. I was like, this is the best. There's a fireman stripper. And and I, I don't know. I was just over the top with how this was. And then it turns into a gut punch when they do the Romeo and Juliet scene and Nate runs to Ray to say goodbye. I'm like, this is so good. This is actually like really like well thought out the way it rhymes, as you often say. Um, yes. Just it was it was it was so perfect. And the way they were discussing how important ray is and how when he leaves like they're all gonna change he's the heart and the soul of the show and we're like yeah like you're saying what we're thinking this is this is perfect i won't go on anymore because i'll just babble for 10 more minutes uh but yeah so uh as i joked at front saying that they stopped caring Mm -hmm. um they stopped caring so much they like extra care and make the show like a thousand times better right and uh, Legend of Tomorrow is amazing. If you have the ability to do that, check that out, whatever, um, you know, maybe you have some downtime. And you know what broke my heart um, is that Brandon Routh in an interview 
it did not end well with production with oh, him. Oh, really? Yeah, like early on, I didn't want to spoil anything because it was before they mentioned early on in the season that this was Brandon's last season. Um, and he, like when it started, he like when it was like, oh, you're not coming, and like, and he like basically the only quote that he had was about it, and then he just brushed it off was, well, let's just say it wasn't my choice. And you're like, that's a nice way, but that's not good. You know no. what I mean? And then later. It, uh, later on, he did an interview with uh, somebody else, and the other, only other thing he says is, "Let's just say it wasn't done well either when it happened." And they were like, "Ooh, okay." And like, "Would you come back?" And he's like, "Let's just say, like, I just left. Like, it's fresh. I, I'm not saying I'm not open to it, but like, everything that he's saying was whatever it was. It was bad behind the scenes." And it's sad because in my head, Brandon Routh will always be the Ray character, that that goofy guy who you just love. He could be like the worst man on earth, but he's always going to be Ray Palmer to me now, even more than Superman. So when anybody does anything bad to them, I want to beat them up, Joe. So I'm unhappy about that. That bums me out. It does. It bummed me out when I heard it, too. This is why I don't read those sort of things. Right. I was looking for news for the show and, and I was like, eh, all right, there it is. I'll, I'll, I'll take the shot. So Joe doesn't have to and bring it up on the show. So I don't know, maybe they could rebuild that bridge at some point And do get, you think, get my sweet Ray back on the show? No, they're going to get Ryan Choi, man. That's what's going to happen yeah. from Crisis. That's why he was one of the he was one of the paragons, Joe. I don't like any of that. Now that you know what, and that's the thing. The show, like I enjoy the show so much, I didn't even realize that that's what was going on. If that makes any sense. Yep. And as I'm watching, I'm like, do I tell Joe or do I let? I felt like Ray. I wanted you to enjoy the show longer. And I couldn't find the perfect moment to tell you Ray was leaving. And we could have got sh- matching shirts made. And I could have made a playlist. But I didn't do it, Joe. <sighs> it doesn't make it any better, but I'm okay. Okay. So I guess that's everything. Yeah, that is everything. Um, yeah. So, um, we appreciate everyone for bearing with us and hanging with us and still hanging around, listening to the show and doing comic book stuff and whatever we can do in these times. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, last week was a little bit more disjointed. Uh, this week was also disjointed, but I think a little less disjointed, you know? Yeah, hopefully, you know, C's will bear out. But, you know, we'll come up with something if we have to. If we can do the same old show, we'll do the same old show. If we have to do something different. But we're going to be here next week and yep. the week after and the week after. we got to hit 501 so we can get the Rob. That's true. It's all about the Rob. Mm-hmm. So for uh, Todd, this is Joe. Closing out episode 495 of Longbox Heroes, saying thanks for listening, see you next week, and stay safe, everybody. 
Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.